You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace, however you choose to get it in there. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews, back for another day of Toronto Blue Jays talk, and you know, sometimes there are days when topics are hard to choose, and you know, I debate like, oh, what am I going to talk about today? What what angle am I going? There, there's really no way to avoid talking about the major Blue Jays story of the day, and no, it's not going to be that ten one ugly display of baseball that the Blue Jays made me stay up until 2 a.m. to watch. Oh, I'm not getting those hours of non-sleep back. Thank you so much for that, Toronto. Especially you, Jaime Garcia, with that six-run display where you couldn't get a single out. Absolutely remarkable. No, we're not going to talk about that. Instead, we are going to talk about the coming to fruition of a topic from yesterday's episode, the removal of Roberto Osuna from the Blue Jays organization. It was made official about an hour after uh, the the yesterday's episode went up, which, you know, it's great. I, I try to wait as long as I can in the day to do these podcasts to make sure I don't miss anything. And then it just happens at five. It's like, now I know how Tim and Sid feel. But, yeah, Roberto Osuna was dealt to the Houston Astros for a package that included reliever Ken Giles, starter David Polino, and prospect Hector Perez, all righties. So, so no lefty arms coming back to replace Aaron Loop. But, yeah, before we get into what the Blue Jays got in this deal, we do have to discuss the social aspects of it. And... Again, it comes back to the fact that the Blue Jays had a domestic abuser on their roster. And they managed to trade him for the best package that they got. And from what came out after the Roberto Osuna trade, this was going to happen from Ross Atkins. Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro made the decision that Roberto Osuna was not going to pitch for Toronto ever again. Because of what he did. Which... I understand why they could not come out just saying that immediately after the domestic violence arrest happened. It's it's very ingenuous, but I understand why the Blue Jays did it in order to protect themselves as a baseball franchise. Like, I mean, I advocated cutting Osuna once this became known, and... I know that that doesn't make baseball sense because you're cutting loose a 23-year-old all-star from a baseball perspective. And there are GMs out there who will ignore the off-field issues, especially if they feel they need to do it to maintain their dominance atop the league. And that's what happened with Jeff Lunau, who is the Houston GM, who it's a remarkable turnaround that they actually had a prospect in the Houston system uh, arrested for domestic violence. He instantly got released. Astros across the board were shaming him 
and riding him out of town. Justin Verlander was one of the most vocal ones. And then to bring in Osuna and and put him into that roster and to hear guys like Verlander have to come out and say, well, we don't know what happened. We support our new teammate. It, it just shows the problem in pro sports nowadays with guys like this who, you know, are, are treading that line between how, how much do you value what they do on the field as opposed to what they bring off the field. And they, they were pretty, pretty transparent, let's say in, in announcing the deal. Like, Oh, we, we think he can turn it around and give him a second chance. And, and like all that, you can't, have a zero tolerance policy and then give out second chances that kind of undercuts your zero tolerance policy the blue jays had that policy houston did not that's why roberto osuna is going to houston now and will be pitching for them in august and i i plan on writing about this for jays from the couch.com uh tonight so that article should be up tomorrow but again it it's something that Honestly, I don't think Osuna should be playing anywhere, but I'm glad that Toronto took this kind of stand. Because admittedly, their response when Roberto Osuna was first arrested was lacking. It felt like they were going to try and excuse him and get him back onto this team just because he's a 23-year-old all-star. But the fact that he went out and did this, the fact they said that he was not going to pitch for us anymore, that... John Gibbons came out and like we've seen the mess the bullpen's been since May and see John Gibbons come out. See more, more important thing is he needs to get his life together and he needs to learn how to act properly. It is refreshing to see a franchise that I identify with. That's been a big part of my life for 20 plus years. And to see them take a stand like that and get him out of town and to see the Astros now take the brunt of that. Um, Jeff Passan came out today and excoriated the Astros. He said there was a picture of Osuna's ex-girlfriend following the arrest, which if Jeff Passan has a picture of that, uh, I don't want to see it. But at the same time, I'm wondering where he got it. Cause I don't believe a photo was made known when the arrest happened, but if Passon has a source in MLB, and MLB reviewed this case, that's why they gave him a 75-game suspension. If if an MLB source saw a photo, I'm inclined to believe it. And I believed the victim beforehand. So now the Astros have to deal with this and, and try to explain to their fans why putting Osuna in this clubhouse outweighs what Osuna is going to be doing outside of baseball. And that is going to court. His lawyer, uh, Dominic Balsilli said they're going to try and get a stay and, and try and go for a peace bond, which is, is, is the cop out. I, I want him to have to answer for what he did, but I'm not a judge yet. So it, it is, it is what it is. Again, I, I'm selfishly, much happier with the Blue Jays side of things and making this deal and getting this force out of the city, getting this disruptive personality out of there. And I, I know that baseball is not going to be 
a hundred percent on this until it, it becomes like a, a total social ost ostracizing to have guys like this. I mean, we had to socially ostracize Dayton Moore for even considering signing Luke Heimlich after the draft. Luke Heimlich, a convicted sex offender and pedophile, was getting looks from baseball teams because he has a good fastball. That should not be the determinants of how guilty someone is, where their fastball ability lies. I'm glad that the Blue Jays took the stand on this. I'm glad that Roberto Osuna is no longer a member of this organization. I'm glad that I can cheer for this organization without rooting against the player on the field. I, I did not want to have to do that. I was going to write a piece about you know, trying to reconcile that. Now I don't have to because Roberto Osuna is gone. Instead, I get to write about what the Blue Jays did and why they took the stand that they did and why I'm happy they took the stand that they did. So enough about that. We will talk about the return from Houston that the Blue Jays got, as well as some other potential moves at the trade deadline right after this. Okay, so... I spent the first half pontificating again about how Roberto Osuna is a garbage person. I'm sorry. That view is not going to change. You beat up a woman, I'm going to hate you. And there's nothing that you can do about it. So let's talk about who the new Blue Jays are coming back. And we'll start with the most notable name coming back, and that is Houston's former closer, Ken Giles. He saved 34 games for them last season in winning the World Series. He was not having a good season coming back. The New Mexico native has a 4.99 ERA in 30 and two-thirds innings. Only 12 saves for the Astros. He lost his job to Hector Rondon prior to this trade. But what the Blue Jays get is another kind of reclamation project who fell out of favor in their current place but has the potential to be really good. Ken Giles has a 98-mile-an-hour fastball. And that is always going to be a plus wherever you go. And there's reasons to believe that Ken Giles can be that good. I, again, if you look at his splits this season, he was actually really good in save situations for the Astros. He's... He was 12 for 12 in getting saves, 12 for 13 in save situations, 12 innings pitched, did not allow a run, only gave up seven hits in one walk, struck out 16 in save situations. Ken Giles is really good as a closer. The problem is that Houston did not run him out as a closer often enough, and when he did get run out in non-save situations this year, he has an ERA of 820, and it, it was just bad. He, he kept giving up hit after hit, 29 hits in 18 and two-thirds innings in non-save situations this year. So you wonder what the kind of mentality is for Ken Giles going forward. I mean, this is a guy who punched himself in the face this year. The gif of that is everywhere. I shared that gif. That That's not going away. Ken Giles is forever the guy who tried to knock himself out. But this is a similar situation to Brandon Drury. This is a guy who you know, you wonder if a change of scenery will be good for him. He knows he's going to be the closer in Toronto because Ryan Spare proved he's not going to do it. And if Tyler Clippard is still here, 
it it will be a riot if he gets a knife inning. Ken Giles is the Toronto Blue Jays closer now. So going forward, he has that kind of security. He he's going to know what his role is, and hopefully he can improve improve upon himself in that role and maintain the kind of form that made Giles such a good closer the previous couple years. Now for the Blue Jays. Upside wise, can they they may look at flipping Giles. I I think Giles would be great to hold on to. He's gonna be under team control until I believe 2021, so he can be around for the Blue Jays when they look to be back in contention. So I would like to hold on to Ken Giles, but they may look at flipping him. So the main piece of this deal could be David Paulino, who's had a couple starts at MLB this year. He's fallen down Houston's prospect ranking. He was a top 10 prospect. Uh, but he fell down a bit after some rough MLB starts. I believe his career ERA is 625, which not great, but he's only 24. He made those starts when he was 22, 23 for Houston. And again, he's a high upside kind of guy who can make an appearance he could definitely move into the rotation immediately. He has the experience doing that, which if the Blue Jays can avoid another bullpen day, that would be great because I am so sick of watching bullpen days, especially when the bullpen just runs out of gas in the eighth inning. It's unbearable to try and watch. I I love John Axford. I'm so happy he's getting the opportunity to live out that dream and start, but I cannot watch another bullpen day like that because it's just unbearable to try and watch. Now, again, David Polino is not a polished starter, but the Blue Jays aren't running polished starters out there. Polino does have the potential to have good stuff. He, he, he was not afraid of teams. His most impressive start to date was probably last year against Boston when he held them to six innings and only gave up one run and three hits. Polino has good stuff that will play at the major league level. And the second this trade deadline is over, I'm expecting him to be called up and take one of those rotation slots. But there there are going to be a lot of growing pains with him as evidenced by the ERA. It it's it's fine. Like it's it's why Teoscar Hernandez is out there muffing another fly ball after fly ball, and just a team is playing awful defense. But that that's what this is. This is learning season. This isn't let's go for it season. This is learning season. So let's see what people can do. And to let a guy like Paulino come in and get those starts, it's, it's again, it's like Teoscar Hernandez. Same thing for him. He's going to come in. He's going to know that he has a spot now. He's not going to be shuttled back and forth like so many of the Houston prospects. And he's going to be able to go out there. Polino throws four pitches. He has a above-average fastball, a good curveball, but he needs to work on his off-speed stuff. His change-up and his slider are not where they need to be, and he needs to work on his command as well. But if he does that, he can be a guy who can eat innings, especially this year and next year, and then we, the Blue Jays can see if he's going to be a part of the future. And if not, they can just kind of get out from under him and have him as that depth guy at, at quadruple A, so to speak. And then the pitcher, Hector Perez, uh, 
he is immediately, I think he was immediately moved into the number 10 slot in the MLB prospect list. He's a 22-year-old righty, also from the Dominican Republic. He he could potentially be a starter as well. He recently got moved up to Double A Corpus Christi. He made four start four appearances there, two starts in sixteen and two thirds innings, given up six runs, struck out eighteen. He's a plus guy with his pitches, and again, he's he's another exciting arm for the Blue Jays to add to. That that collection that includes Jordan Romano, that includes Sean Reed Foley, that includes TJ Zyke. He's he's a guy who is is showing the ability to. Perform. He's he's gonna make New Hampshire look really good. Like New Ham like New Hampshire needed the help, but I, again, this is this is the Blue Jays using the leverage that they do have, and and getting guys that do grayed out and can potentially be a part of the future. Again, Hector Perez is closer to being finished than a lot of the other guys that are being traded right now. Perez has that fastball that is really, really good. Um, it, uh, he has that slider that could also become that kind of wipeout pitch. He also throws a curveball and a splitter which anytime you, you got someone with a split finger fastball in, you have my attention because I, I like splitter throwers. I'm I'm a fan of those. But he's also a guy who generates a lot of ground balls, which is something that the Blue Jays obviously target a lot. Guys who can put the ball on the dirt. So initially when this trade was announced, I was hoping for a guy like J.B. Buskowskis, who is proven to be a starter and can, can grow into that. But... I'm really happy with what the Blue Jays got for a toxic asset. They did a very good job of, of getting something back for that. And I look forward to seeing Giles and Polino in the Blue Jays pitching staff very soon. They'll, they'll have to make moves to activate them. The 25 man is full, obviously, with Osuna being suspended. So... They'll probably make a DL move with Lourdes Gurriel Jr. to free up one of those spots. And then they're they're going to try and trade either Axford or Clippard or Estrada. But if none of them can go, I'm expecting Luis Santos to be DFA'd because he's not shown he can do enough to stick at this level. So that's where we see that. Now, for other Blue Jays moves, I, I just mentioned Axford. I just mentioned Clippard. Estrada didn't do himself any favors with a four-inning performance last night. I know he's just coming back from injury, but it exposes Estrada as maybe an August trade candidate. Uh, he does have a hefty salary, so I don't think a waiver claim would really go through on him, especially the way he's performed lately. So they can do that and then try and trade him that way to a team that might need a starter a little later. We saw the Yankees acquire Lance Lynn yesterday. Teams are always going to be looking for starter depth. And if someone goes down, Marco Estrada is going to be an attractive option if they can get him through waivers. So that's probably when he's going to be moved. Curtis Granderson, I, I've loved having him in Toronto as much as I loved having Sungwano in Toronto, but it's probably it for him. I, I'm expecting him to be traded to either the Phillies or Yankees today. Other than that, I'm not expecting Josh Donaldson to go anywhere. I, I don't know why people are putting that out there, but he hasn't shown he can be healthy. I don't think a team's going to take a risk like that to make the Blue Jays justify not having that compensatory draft pick instead. 
So I'm expecting Josh Donaldson to stay put, watch him be traded in the next 10 minutes, but <laughs> that's that's where I see it. Jaime Garcia's going to be staying put after a performance like that. He ain't no Francisco Liriano, just just absolutely getting golfed around the park. And and yeah, I'm I'm expecting just the Blue Jays to try and move those veteran guys, make the space for Ken Giles, make the space for David Polino, and then move forward with that. They'll probably add Sean Reed Foley to the 40-man at some point because they're going to have to protect him before next year's Rule 5 draft anyway. So yeah, we're going to see what the Blue Jays are going to be for the future. And I... I'm here for it. I'm excited to see where the rest of the season goes because I, I feel like a weight's been lifted off my shoulders in watching this team. And again, I thank them for that. So that brings us to the end of this edition of Locked On Blue Jays. We'll have another trade discussion tomorrow. I'll try and get someone on potentially for that. Um, exciting news. If uh, you're around at around 1.15 Atlantic time, so that's 12.15 Eastern during your lunch break. Uh, check out News 95.7. It's Halifax's talk radio. I'll be on there actually discussing the Osuna trade with Sheldon McLeod, who's one of the afternoon hosts there. So I'm excited for that. Check me out on there. Follow me on Twitter at NeoAC18. That's NeoAC18. I'm in the begging for follower stage because I'm very close to 1,000. I'm seven away now. I'm at 993. So tell your friends if they're not following me and they want the... I, I don't want to say I'm the best Blue Jays live tweeter, but I'm pretty good. Let, let's say that. So follow me on Twitter. Follow the podcast at LockedOnJays to make sure... You don't miss an episode. Subscribe on iTunes and Google Play. Do all that fun stuff. And as always, thank you for your support. Y'all are some of the best fans. I I did see some splits between people who wanted to believe Osuna and didn't want to trade him off just because of it. But the majority of responses I saw were positive in, in getting Osuna out of there. And I thank you all for that, as Wilson Ramos has just been traded to Philadelphia. So that's that's fun. That gets him out of the division finally. So happy joy. But yeah, so for everyone here at Locked On Blue Jays, I'm Ryan Andrews. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And y'all take care.